0: Welcome aboard the battleship Pretension. I am not Tyler Smith.
1: I am David Bax. Tyler Smith is still on assignment uh, raising babies. Assigned um, to twins. Yes, he's been assigned to twins. Just like
0: <laughs> I, I was hoping there was like some bodyguard movie where someone had to guard um, like the Osmond twins or something. Oh, probably. No, yeah, thinking of not
1: the Osmond. The, the uh, Olsen twins. Olsen yeah. Twins. Yeah. The Osmonds are brother and sister, but not Donnie and Marie are not twins no. is that right I, I don't know maybe they are i can tell uh, i guess that's true but i mean tyler i don't think tyler's twins are identical but uh, oh, really? I, don't, well, I don't know how much more we are supposed to say about them anyway well fair enough uh and i also could be wrong about what i just said because i haven't actually met them
0: well and they're babies right
1: now yeah they do all look the same, anyway. Wow um but uh you and i are continuing to plug away at the show from our respective uh uh quarantine pads yeah um and uh, uh as a sign of how long we're gonna keep doing this uh the tcm fest has already announced that next year's uh, tcm fest in april of 2021 will be a virtual festival um now this year they didn't really have a traditional festival they just did a uh what they called the the at home which they 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 showed uh, the at home, special at home editions, is what they called them, which they showed uh, popular movies that had played at at previous uh, TCM fests on their uh, on their network and, and on their app, and uh, uh, and it was a lot of great stuff. And and they showed some of the talks and stuff uh, um, and panels. Um, and you and I and, and Julie and Kyle watched a, a a boatload of great movies and talked about it way yeah. early in the quarantine. Yeah, when um, we all thought this would be very temporary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, what are your thoughts on this being a true virtual festival and what are your predictions, given that they, that TCM has uh, revealed very little about what this is actually going to be and how it's going to work?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've been digging like the virtual fest thing. We rented some stuff from the New York Film Festival. We're going to watch something from the Chicago Film Festival tonight. Of course, AFI Fest starts, well, as of this recording, starts tomorrow. By the time people hear this, it'll be in full swing
1: um yes and 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 also uh tune back in two weeks from now for uh uh, uh, scott and i uh doing a uh an afi fest wrap-up
0: yeah uh so by and large i've been digging it i do think with tcm fest it's like so much of the pleasure is being there and seeing especially because they have like archival prints and they have like special presentations with live orchestras um Of course, like, guests you wouldn't normally see. All that kind of stuff is going to be tougher to replicate, I think, than with most film festivals, where, like, with New York or with Toronto or with whatever else, like, the draw is the premiere of some movie, and everyone's seeing that for the first time.
1: Yeah, the closest thing I can think of is is Will... uh, uh, Because I know, not always, but often, especially, like, opening night TCM Fest, um, which I usually don't get to go to as a member of the press, uh, will be, like, the premiere of a brand-new restoration of something, you know? Sure, but even that, like... When you're getting that over streaming, you know, (laughs) theoretically it's all the same,
0: but it's a little, at least a little compressed and maybe your bandwidth isn't great or whatever else.
1: Yeah, but I, I was—I guess I was saying that could be like the—the the hook, the—the the thing that says, "Let me sign up for this festival," as opposed to just renting the movie, right. you know, or watching it on HBO Max or whatever. Which I'm—you know—I'm sure, like a lot of these movies already will exist. Like, are they going to try and either do new new restorations or sort of pre- premiere things that aren't currently otherwise available uh, to to stream or or, or rent on demand?
0: Yeah, because they do have a ton of stuff every year that isn't available on demand or on disk or whatever. But most of that is because it's on some archival print. So it's like, are they, gonna, are they really going to scan those prints, make digital files, all that kind of stuff? Um, and then I wonder, yeah, how, what,
1: the,
0: I wonder how the guests will work, um, if they'll mm-hmm. be like part of a presentation you have to tune in on at for a specific time. Because most online festivals have a window, like two days or five days or whatever, and you can play the movie whenever. But for guests, maybe it has to be a specific time. I don't know. It'll be interesting
1: uh yeah yeah um, uh, it it does seem yeah if they're i guess they would have to announce it early if their plan is to scan and uh and make a bunch of of uh assumable uh files which depending on how robust their lineup is it might they might not have they better have already started (laughs) Uh, uh, uh given how these things tend to go but uh Whatever it is, I'm sure that I'll tune in for it because TCM Fest is a a a milestone every year, a hallmark of my year as a as a movie watcher. Uh, So we'll be watching that. I'm sure we'll do some sort of uh, uh, still be in quarantine uh, in next April, and we'll do we'll do some sort of wrap up episode, probably with uh, Julie and Kyle again. Fantastic. All right. Uh, in the meantime, you, you know all these things we're doing virtually. I'm watching a lot of things on my laptop. I'm listening to a lot of things on my laptop. I'm zooming right now on, on a laptop, and always, always using my tweaked audio.com earbuds. Tweakedaudio.com is available is a, is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles uh, and colorful colors. You get my green ones right here. Uh, they look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day. Um, uh, can't vouch for for Scott, uh, but uh, today I was l- using them to listen to uh, the new four-song EP by James Blake. I'm a big James Blake fan, and I was really able to uh, uh, to, to get my groove on listening to the, the new James Blake songs on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one-third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension.
0: with 100 delicious, healthy recipes, stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com. That's n-o-o-m.com. Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Now, Scott, I do hate paying for shipping. Right? Yes, everybody uh, does.
1: It feels uh... like extra tax. <laughs> yeah, at least I got it. this. Is um quoting uh, i'm ripping off the joke from like a commercial from a few years ago with nick okay. Foon, but it used to always be shipping and handling right, right? now well, at th- least you're not paying for handling anymore
0: yeah but things are so automated you know there's throw it in a box throw it to the machine or whatever
1: the uh, big, yeah you know? uh, like a robot arm pulls it off the there's no handling involved exactly at the big yeah. tweaked ra- warehouse you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um scott let's get into it shall we now As listeners might have guessed, based on the spooky version of the theme music that I hopefully remembered to put at the top of this episode, (laughs) I have forgotten before, so that's why I always say that, Uh, this is our annual Halloween episode. Um, We are, I guess, doing it uh, one week earlier than we would because next week is an episode uh, whose number ends with a zero but is not divisible by 50. More on on that next week.
0: When those uh, required episodes with NM end of zero and zero, not divisible of fifty, interrupt uh, themed episode like this,
1: does it? Uh, it doesn't. What, wait, what phrase did you use? Does it? What upset you? Because it doesn't you upset. Live a very
0: ordered life in a lot of ways. No, yeah, like, upset very- isn't the
1: right word. It does okay. sometimes stress me out. Like especially, I'm less bothered by this, the holiday thing. I'm okay with doing it like one week earlier. Yeah. When the when the profile episodes fuck with the end of the year stuff that Uh, like watch out because we've you, you know, we've talked, I actually, I, I forgot to mention that I was on a podcast called monkey off my backlog, which is a great name. Uh, it was a fun, uh, uh, podcast, in which they have guests on and have themed episodes. And the guest picks something that they is a big blind spot for them and watches it. So for Halloween, uh, for October, for, for spooky times, um, they, uh, they had me on and I finally, uh, watched the crossed off my shameful blind spot list, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. So I finally seen oh, right. that movie, um, it's brilliant. You can hear me talk about it on Monkey Off My Backlog. And you can also hear me talk at length about my list making uh, um <laughs> habits, um, crutches, uh, pathologies, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call them. And yeah, so to get back to your question, yeah, a lot of times my 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 uppermost list, my first priority list, has to do with due dates of like stuff that I usually either have to review or have to talk about in the podcast. So sometimes at the end of the year when I'm doing a lot of catch-up to try and like make sure I've seen enough stuff to talk about on the other end of the year episodes. Yeah. Um, and then a profile comes in. It means like, Oh, I have, to, I have to get this shit done e- even a week earlier, uh, yeah. y- y- you know? Um, so that's when it stresses me out when it when it, to me, especially with something like Halloween, like yes, Halloween is October 31st, but really Halloween is October. So I, I, like, as long as we can get a Halloween up, up, episode up in October, uh, I'm not that, that that bothered by it this this year we have yeah the profile and the fact that I, I, we haven't talked about this but afi is a month earlier than it's always been and i don't know why they did that and if that's going to be a permanent change
0: yeah uh, it's weird uh i'm okay with it though <laughs>
1: um it i'm okay with it now it was very stressful when i thought i was going to be coming back from argentina literally oh, the morning sure. that afi fest started and i was like when am i actually, like whenever i come back from vacation there's always a period of like trying to get back into my normal life and if i was going to come back and then immediately have a week of afi fest it was like i'm going to be unmoored for like three weeks in a row um so i've done that it's not fun yeah so uh that was kind of stressing me out uh, a little bit but um i think in the big picture yes i'm happy with the earlier afi fest but we'll talk about that in a couple weeks right now we're talking about spooky movies and i will say uh this uh, episode was suggested to me. Well, sometimes things happen in conjunction. It was suggested to me by my wife. She was like, why don't you talk about movies about witches? Or witchy movies, as I'm going (laughs) to say. That's that. uh, But then also recently, you... Were uh, And this will tie back at AFI Fest, we can't seem to escape it. But you were watching a movie called The Juniper Tree, which uh, I think two AFI Fests ago, my wife and I had gone to uh, a screening. The uh, AFI Fest often does screenings, usually of new restorations of, of older movies. And we had gone to a screening of The Juniper Tree. And based on your Twitter, you had essentially the same reaction that I had, which is early on in Juniper Tree being like, oh, this movie's about witches <laughs> and like so, suddenly being extra into it because of that. Uh, so clearly you and I have an, affi- an affinity for witchy a movies, um, uh, before we get into talking about some of our, 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 favorites or most notables, um, why do you like movies about witches? That's a great question.
0: Um, I've been trying to think about that because I'm not like inherently the biggest horror fan uh, most of these kind of monster genre movies, I don't really find that interesting. Like, inherently, there are plenty of, like, individual examples. Like, there are individual zombie movies I dig, individual vampire movies, but, like, I don't want to see a movie because it's a vampire movie. In fact, mm. usually quite the opposite. Uh, hmm. But which movies, there is something interesting there. I think it might have something to do with the fact that in a lot of these genres... Um, in some ways the psychological aspect is either about kind of tantalizing or terrifying women. Um, and there's something like super empowering about a lot of witch movies, even like no matter how dark they are, uh, there's this element to them where women are kind of self-actualizing and like finding their full potential, getting in touch with themselves. Um, and sometimes it's taken like very positive ends and sometimes it's uh, taken to like super fucked up ends and either way, uh that's a pretty invigorating premise. Um and just the fact that like historically the witch scare has been used to outright kill so many women. Like it's kind of like a cool reclamation of that whole thing.
1: It seems like uh now I'm feeling bad that we're this podcast is two men today. We should have had that. on. yeah. Uh but it seems like we have Similar uh, reasons for for being drawn to these 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 movies. I not to you know try and sound like Joss Whedon or whatever, but I've always always been interested in uh, feminist uh, uh, literature and, and, and films and and, and sort of uh, feminist reading of, of things. In uh, yeah, it does seem like witches are a place, uh, 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 an area in which you can have really complicated takes on. Uh, being a woman in this in in our our world or or something uh like our our world, and then I also just like as a guy who likes metal and stuff, I just like the like <laughs> sure. occult imagery and stuff sure. uh and that's why there's uh, I'll start by dividing which movie, when I was making my list, I was kind of dividing <laughs> which movies into two basic camps okay one is and sometimes they can be good, which is sometimes they can be bad, which is but in one camp, it's just a witch is basically just a lady who does magic. For sure. Whereas in the other camp, the one that I tend to be more into, it's a woman who has connected herself to something, to some deeper, older evil, pledged some sort of fealty to something that is often literally Satan, but right. if not literally Satan, something Satan-like or, or, a, or a deep dark evil and there's something that like and that gets into the complicated area you were talking about where these women are empowered but also they've given up something of their self or they are damned because of their power or 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 something like that at 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 the same time um i definitely for a, a recent take on this that was not literally satan but uh gretel and hansel from earlier this year is a movie um that uh um i uh, i think in i guess minor spoilers there's two witches really or more maybe if you yeah. go into the, back, the 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 flashbacks um but different versions of uh using that uh I- I- empowerment you know you see the uh, um, uh now i'm forgetting the actress's name alice uh, ah, uh who played the older witch um you see her as a very powerful person but that power always comes at the expense of others, um, and then at the end of the movie, you see uh, again spoilers, but the <laughs> newly empowered Gretel sort of make uh, 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 it, we don't know how successful it is because it's you know an open ended thing, but uh, uh, sort of seem intent on finding a different way of, of using her power, a less predatory way, and a way that would be less damaging to her own soul as well, perhaps.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of uh, that's a slightly more empowering and to it then again, spoiler alert for The Witch from twenty fifteen, um, which is like really one of the best witch movies, but very much like embraces the darkness of its ending of a woman finding or a young girl in this case, finding a sense of empowerment, but you are very clearly aware of what she's giving up in the process and what she's kind of like uh pledging herself to uh in order to gain some semblance of independence
1: um alice krieg is her name from gretel and hansel um and that reminds me Now i don't want to get too far uh, afield this is a movie podcast and i have not watched any of the netflix series of the chilling adventures of sabrina but i know you're a comic book guy like i am did you read that series Yeah. No. uh it's one of the best comics of the okay. decade i think um and uh is so much about like all the great stuff we're talking about, and is also super, super dark and unsettling. At uh, at many times, I don't and I, like. I said I I know the the TV series is from the same uh, uh, creator, but I don't know how much they uh, committed to the upsetting Satan yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, stuff of of that comic book. Um. So, why did you have any? Uh, now we've gotten into our personal uh interests in in uh in witches i talked about sort of broad camps did you find your list falling into any broader uh camps i don't want to use the word broad too much uh, in this episode about witches <laughs> uh
0: no i didn't really get mine organized in any uh demonstrable way i did notice that trend that you were mentioning because uh when i was first telling julie about what was doing the episode i was like well it is kind of like there's a general interesting thing I, th- I think i took the same tack you did where it is does seem more interesting when there is some element of like pledging themselves to satan and yeah. i was like that's kind of a cool thing about which stuff in general she's like i don't think like on bewitched they were really like pledging themselves to satan i was like oh yeah i guess you're right and like the more i was going through the list like yeah there is kind of that like woman or girl who does magic and um yeah sort of, like, Kiki's delivery service is probably the best example of that where it's like the super i mean not insistently upbeat but it's in the end a super heartwarming tale about a young witch uh just finding herself out in the world
1: so yeah i mean that's exactly i mean that's what a lot of the harry potter like it's, totally. there's no um there's no satan you know there are good witches and bad witches in uh in harry potter and that uh as much as i like those movies i mean it feels it's problematic to say that now um (laughs) but um uh uh, they're not my my kind of witches necessarily
0: and i'm not i'm not too steeped in harry potter as people who listen to the commentary uh know but um is that that's that's the thing where they're like born with it right (laughs)
1: Uh, yes. Um, yeah, some people are, uh, yeah, everyone's either born with it or, or not. Some, so, sometimes it comes, uh, through the bloodline and sometimes you've got, uh, someone who's, uh, muggle born, which is a non-magical born okay. person, uh, who manifests these powers, you know, around the time they turn 10 or 11 or so. Sure. Yeah. That, cause that kind of seems to be the other end of it is like, there's
0: no kind of origin to it. There's no like, spell they have to cast. It's just kind of like a mutant power, almost.
1: Yeah, but they, like with mutant powers, they go to school to learn how to sort of control <laughs> of <course>. them. <laughs> you, you know. That's the way uh, mutant powers just work. And you knows their nature. Uh, well, I, I'm thinking specifically of like X-Men. No, I know. But uh, And the same, again, just like the X-Men, that, that school, which seems to be very well-funded and uh, sort of posh and Tony, also is constantly being attacked. <laughs> it's a very dangerous place <laughs> for for kids to go. Um, hey, nothing
0: like learning on the job. Kids, some kids are grown up too soft. You know, you got to put them out there.
1: So what do you think, like, I, um, I, I would say, I know you, uh, because you're more studious than I am, you watched some movies in preparation for this. The only one I watched in preparation for this, because it was such a blind spot in terms of my generation, was Hocus Pocus. And, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but, uh, I, I am sad to report that it is not good. Uh, it is sort of, I think it's, I think I felt watching Hocus Pocus, what Tyler has talked on the podcast feeling when he watched empire records, because he wasn't 12 years old when he <laughs> saw empire records, he saw it as an adult. So he's like, what is this bullshit? And that's the correct response. But when you <laughs> see the movie at the right age, uh, it imprints on you. And because I didn't see Hogus Pocus, uh, as a tween, um, it just seemed like uh it it seemed like a bad kind of camp like a cynical kind of camp Mm -hmm. not not real camp um and also just so embarrassingly corny there's a kid who (laughs) doesn't want to dress up really for halloween because he's too cool for school right and so he uh he puts on like a baggy sweatshirt and like has his hat sideways when his parents ask what he is for halloween he says i'm a rap singer (laughs) Which, like, even in 1993, no. people, we knew to say rapper.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised the, you know, super hip Walt Disney Company of the 90s would uh, get that yeah. wrong.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, but Hocus Pocus is. Um, yeah, they're they're bad. What's what's so funny is like all the iconography of the movie is these three witches that I had somehow gotten in my head that they were the good guys of the movie. They're not. They're the bad guys, but they're also like fun, or at least they're supposed to be fun, um, which is why it's weird when we realize when we <laughs> learn oh they have pledged fealty to Satan because there's a uh, <laughs> there's a, a comic set piece in which because they show up on Halloween. And so Gary Marshall oh. plays okay. a guy who's handing out candy to kids and he's dressed as Satan and they think he's Satan and they go into his house and uh Gary Marshall's wife is put by Penny Marshall, which is weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh um uh that seems like there's all kinds of stuff. There's so many jokes in uh, Hocus pocus about the kid being a virgin. When it's like this, kid, this movie seems like it's a, aimed at like eight to ten year olds, but also has stuff about like eh, this dorky high school kid's still a virgin. Can you believe it? And also <laughs> Satan. Uh, so, uh, very, very, uh, uh, uneven, uh, movie in many ways and, uh, not in a good way. I didn't care sure. for it. I mean, kids. Kids' movies back then were slightly
0: darker, I think, than they are today. To and sometimes,
1: credit. yeah, and sometimes in, in very good ways. I think about uh, a movie that I put on my list, even though I couldn't remember, there's a number of movies on my list that I couldn't remember if the character is actually, ever actually referred to as a witch in the movie. Sure. It clearly has that. And uh, so Ursula in The Little Mermaid... Is, I think she I, is a witch. They call her a sea witch or something like that, right? I, I, I meant to—I uh, think I meant to look it up, but she's a—I yeah, haven't uh, seen the Little Mermaid literally since I was a child. Uh, I probably haven't either, but I, I watched it a lot as a kid, and Ursula scared the crap out of me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, at least in the wiki synopsis, she's referred to several times as a sea witch, so I'm sure okay. the movie does. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I like those. Um, uh, kids movies from, uh, especially the, the 90s that I grew up with that are that are darker. You've got, like, uh, uh again, I'm not sure, is Morticia Adams referred to as a witch? I'm not sure. I Am I in uh, okay. Um, but uh that one at least barry sonnenfeld's the adam's family m- movie um is surprisingly dark uh in its in its in its humor there's a lot of like uh arterial blood spray as uh sort of uh, big broad laugh right. <laughs> uh, moments uh in the movie and um the newer animated one uh didn't quite have all of uh, uh no, all of really that I'm stuff <laughs> yeah it wasn't as as dark uh as it as it could have been. There's a um, there's some goofy like Adams Family type jokes that work in it, like uh, uh, Lurch, who's the I don't know how much you know about the Adams Family lore and mythos. Lurch is a big guy, but he's also the butler. Okay. And in the in the animated one there's a scene where he like runs his finger on the banister and looks at it and realizes there's no dust on the banister. So he gets a vacuum out and like turns it in reverse, I guess, and blows dust all over the stairs in the banister. That's, that's, that's a future. very if you if you watched the Adams Family T V show as a kid, that's a very, very sure. that kind of show joke that I appreciated.
0: That's a feature that's always on cartoon vacuums and never on real vacuums.
1: <laughs> the reverse. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, let's just throw the switch on that undoes vacuuming, <laughs> yeah. which is something you definitely want to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, you brought up Disney movies, and a lot of those use witches as villains. You know, you got Snow White, I think. Um, oh, God, uh, Sleeping Beauty is the same thing. Uh, there's just a lot of those. I think that's like our introduction to witches as, at a young age is just kind of generic, old, haggard woman. Who's in some way jealous of a younger woman, and yeah. uh, is doing some sort of magic to do away with her? Uh,
1: yeah, and that's I mean certainly it, it, like when I think of a witch, like uh, I, I think of the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves witch, and, okay. and the, the witch from like just just I mean in terms of what I assume people think a witch looks like, it's I mean, usually it's go, like yeah I go Wizard of Oz okay but it's very similar there's like a long nose is usually a wart or a mole right um which even the uh and again it's been a long time i can't remember if she's called a witch but the old hagwoman spirited away even has like a big mold and a big nose oh yeah um uh so is modeled after the 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 classic witch yeah wizard wizard of oz is is certainly on my list although that's not that's not a satanic witch at all there are good witches and bad witches in 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 the wizard of oz world
0: Although the good witches are still <laughs> fine with uh, killing the bad witches and just taking stuff from them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's been, it's been a very long time since I've seen that movie.
0: Yeah. i, I yeah, That's one I actually didn't grow up with. I like had to speak oh. out in high school and I like made a bunch of friends watch it. And they're like, why are we watching the wizard of Oz? I was like, cause I've never seen it it's supposed to be so good. Uh, did you find it to be good? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd like That's to see my... it again. I'd like to catch a screening at yeah. some sometime. Uh like oh, yeah. not surrounded by uh, high schoolers mouthing off at it.
1: <laughs> well, you know what I... Uh, I mean, this is a few years ago now, but at uh, LACMA, um, they used to do like these Friday night uh, uh, screenings at LACMA, yeah. and uh, they showed Return to Oz, which is a movie that I uh, adored in high school because I was the kind of kid who loved how like weird and fucked up uh, return Dawes is uh have you seen that one i have not seen that one yeah that's uh it, it's a it's a lot of fun and it's um it's, but speaking of, like i can't imagine i like i said i saw it in high school i it, <laughs> some of the stuff is so upsetting and just like nightmarish uh, right. uh in, in that movie that uh, i'm surprised that kids uh, were allowed to to watch it but you know what that's the that's my generation every you know the uh, everybody gets a trophy type of uh
0: gets <laughs> a trophy and a fucked up memory at the movies
1: <laughs>
0: um yeah. well that movie stars uh Frugia balk who also starred in another movie i caught up with this week called the craft which is super awesome and you would is totally it? dig
1: oh yeah. i have never seen the craft um there was when i was in eighth grade uh i went to the movies with my friends the night the craft opened um and it was rated r we weren't allowed to buy tickets to the craft but uh it was the thing to do go see the craft opening night and so and i you know i recently told this same story when uh, paul alter hauser was on the podcast but i'll tell you again anyway um Uh, so my friends and i bought tickets to flipper starring paul hogan Uh, um, uh, and then just decided to walk into the the craft instead that was the whole thing because they would let us buy tickets to flipper Uh, walked into the theater for the craft and realized oh apparently my entire eighth grade grade class had the same idea (laughs) and this is like the theater for the craft was like a fire hazard just kids everywhere, (laughs) overflowing seats. Like there was no place to stand or sit in this theater. And so my friend Eric and I were like, uh, we can't, we can't do this. And then we were like, do you want to go see Flipper? And we're like, let's, and so we walked in Flipper and already started. We watched like five minutes and we're like, this sucks. And so we went back to the theater manager and we were like, um, we changed our minds. Can we get our money back? And, uh, he clearly didn't believe us, but, uh, was at least cool about it and, and gave us our money back.
0: Was there so no I never saw be- the craft. Right. Was there no more believable movie you could have uh, bought a ticket for?
1: <laughs> I can't remember. Um, yeah. uh, what was out that just- weekend? It wasn't like, uh, this was the, the the Clarkson Six. This was like pre-stadium seating. Okay. It wasn't like sure. it wasn't like there were four different you know screens showing the craft and opening night. Like this was the place to go, in, uh you know that we could at least get to that had uh, uh, you know would have been another couple miles down down uh, Clarkson. After Clarkson turns into Olive, if you can imagine, uh, before you can get to a real multiplex uh, in the know, West exactly St. Louis suburbs.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but the craft is really cool. It starts out like kind of in a familiar kind of high school satire vein where this young woman uh or young girl sorry she's either an high, a young, older girl or a younger woman depending on how you want to put it okay. um she, moving from out of town going to this new school doesn't really fit in uh but she notices this group of girls who rumor has it around the school are super into witchcraft and it just so happens that she has these sort of unformed magical powers that have uh, caused various issues and is probably part of the reason that she had to move towns because uh mm. she has some darkness in her past um and so it starts out in a very cool kind of acute vein of like social groups and misfits and all that kind of stuff but then it just starts evolving more and more into steering into the witchcraft of it all and it just totally embraces that side of it to the extent that kind of the climax is this like completely surreal like fever dream nightmare thing of Mm. uh, all these witches doing battle in all these ways that, like, aren't totally defined. I think some of the trouble any movie about magic gets into is that it starts to create too many rules for itself. And this does to an extent, but not over, like, specifically what they can do moment to moment. So they start unleashing all these crazy powers that the movie just accepts because they're witches. Um, and it totally works because it's so well done and really well performed. Frugia Balk's awesome and the rest of the girls are too. Um, yeah. Uh, you missed out in eighth grade, but I th- still think it's well worth catching up on.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the rest of the cast, uh, includes, uh, one my personal faves, Nev Campbell. Yep. Um, also Robin Tooney and Rachel True. And, uh, director Andrew Fleming's follow-up feature is the, uh, really sort of underappreciated in its time, but now sort of cult classic Dick. Uh, with Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams. Realized
0: that was the same director. Yeah, I love that
1: movie. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, the other one I caught up with this week is another kind of generational uh, fave, practical magic. Uh, Not as good as The Craft, but uh, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman playing witches guarantees at least a few good scenes, and especially when their aunts, who are like super witches, are played by Diane Wiest and Stalker Channing. Uh, Oh. Awesome scenes when it's all four of them together. Um, the whole thing's kind of misshapen and uneven, but it totally has some incredible imagery. There's this cool shot. Cause, it, uh, the movie's kind of initial event is the two of them separating and Nicole Kidman runs off to LA to live the high life. But then at some point she like feels like called back to, uh, check on Sandra Bullock and make sure she's all right. She gets like some witchy intuition. And so the shot of her like driving across the country, just like shows the, uh, foreground kind of transforming in front of her. all those red skies and stuff. It's a really cool, like, Rear projection effect.
1: Oh wow! How's like playing, done? like playing, cruising USA. Do you, yes, do you yes, remember exactly that? Like playing, cruising USA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I told you this off mic, but uh, working in video stores in the late '90s and early 2000s, um, I always conflated in my mind practical magic and stepmom they're very different movies but the vhs covers are very similar similar font similar autumnal color scheme it's both like two women looking off to the side together i always uh uh put for some reason like they're connected in my mind i've only seen stepmom not practical magic
0: yeah so you mentioned this and i've looked up the covers and i still don't uh i I don't see it (laughs) okay (laughs) aside from having two women on them there seems to be almost no aesthetic
1: connection it's it's a very similar font white lettering similar (laughs) font again Orangish, brownish, autumnal sure, uh, sure. Uh, color scheme. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, for the longest time, I was like, which one is Julia Roberts in? Um, but then <laughs> I, she again- She could be I, in either I, of them, that's fair. Yeah, uh, that but be... then I saw I saw Stepmom. Um,
0: uh, other like kind it. of generational face from this kind of 80s, 90s period, have you seen The Witches of Eastwick?
1: I've never seen The Witches of Eastwick.
0: Another movie I think you would dig. Uh, okay. I, they talked about it a bit on the most recent season of You Must Remember This because uh, Polly Platt, who the season was about, did the production design for it. The production design is super awesome. And they bring up on that podcast like a number of issues with the movie. I guess the original story was a lot sharper in its kind of critique of, uh, or not critique of feminism, but feminist critique of just kind of the way the world works and the way gender hierarchies are organized. And there's some of that in the movie, not Doesn't totally come across, but like the pleasure of the movie is really is just in the cast. I mean, you got, I can't even, it's got Cher as a witch. You got uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as a witch. And I can't remember the third woman. Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon, again. That's why I forgot. I was like, there's no way it's also Susan Sarandon. But, um.
1: From (laughs) Stepmom. Again, Stepmom and its connections to the witchy universe.
0: You got the three of them as witches. And then Jack Nicholson as essentially Satan, all directed by George Miller. With like I said, just incredible production design and music by John Williams. Uh, it's just a blast of a movie. Highly recommend it.
1: Um, now, what I have seen—I haven't seen *The Witches of Eastwick*. I have seen *The Witches*, the Nicholas Rogue uh, movie based on the Roald Dahl story. Yeah, I saw that a lot really as a kid, right and then watched it actually earlier in this quarantine uh, period uh, revisited for the first time since I was a kid. I have not yet seen the Robert Zemeckis directed uh, remake, which is coming out in a few days from when you're hearing this uh, on HBO max. Um, Asked for a screener who knows if I'll get one in time. (laughs) Uh, um, But uh, yeah, what a, what a cool movie. And, and really uh, all the best Roald Dahl adaptations capture the Roald Dahl sort of uh, the the darkness of, uh, you know, that that a kid being turned into a a a mouse right yeah um is like there's like a body horror element to that and the fact that like they don't know how they're going to get back it's very scary and uh, upsetting uh to me uh, it also has the classic oral doll thing of the parents dying right away <laughs> yeah like that's part of the backstories that it's always a kid whose parents are dead and then has to go live with an aunt who's either cool like this aunt or sucks like the James and the Giant Peach ants
0: yeah unfortunately uh they changed the ending of the book where the kid remains a mouse um Naturally, in a family movie from the early 90s, that's not going to fly. But, uh, so the ending of that always felt a little disjointed to me. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you got great practical effects, got a great Angelica Houston performance. Um, it's a pretty solid movie all around. I'm looking forward to the remake, but it's going to be hard to stop.
1: It's definitely going to be hard to talk, hard. To, and I'm an Anna Anne Hathaway fan, but uh, Angelica Houston is not to be trifled with. <laughs> I'm, sure she, I'm
0: sure she's trifled with quite often.
1: <laughs> um the thing i remember from watching the witches as a kid with my friends is that this tacked on scene at the end where uh the i guess good witch turns yeah. him back into a human boy is my friends were like giggling like oh my god he's naked because <laughs> when he comes back he's he's naked we thought that was very funny
0: it's hilarious <laughs> don't worry
1: you're absolutely right
0: um one movie that came out kind of recently that kind of seemed to be trying to tap in the same sort of vein was the house with the clock in its walls, which is pretty awesome. And, uh, definitely if you're a fan of the witches, witches of Eastwick or any of these kind of like nostalgic kids favorites, uh, this movie also delivers on kind of that kind of horror kid movie bend. And it's kind of a good introduction for kids who might someday be into horror, uh, directed by Eli Roth. So it's got its horror bonafides, uh, I guess at least to some crowds, um, but it has some scenes that are genuinely tense and frightening and stuff. And it has a great, uh, Jack black performance.
1: Uh, all right. I'm trying to think if I have any other kids movies, uh, uh, on here. Um, I guess I mentioned the Adams family and then dark shadows, I guess it's kind of the same that they're like witchy or whatever. Uh, Coraline. Oh yeah. I forgot that was a witch. Great. Uh, uh, yeah, it really is uh, a great movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, getting away from kids' movies, though. Sure. Um, and going, going way back, I would say the, uh, a movie that I wish if I were like you and I had the time and dedication to uh, watch more movies <laughs> in preparation for the episode, I would have finally crossed another uh, very old uh, uh, blind spot off my list, and that's, is it pronounced Haxon? I guess. Um, I saw it I... back in
0: college. i do okay. not
1: sure uh cuz yeah that's that's one that i've always wanted to see especially because every every october i think oh it would be funny to change my twitter name to baxen but then i think like that's fraudulent cuz i haven't seen the movie i can't do that um no, i no, usually go fraudulent. you might it like feels fraudulent might assume to me to you've seen
0: it and like ask you about it but other than that it
1: seems fraudulent to me <laughs> uh, i usually i haven't done it this this year at all but i usually go with back sabbath sure um which movie reminds me of Mario Baba, Black Sunday, is a great witch movie. Well, I just want to say real quick that Haxon is a
0: pretty cool movie. Um, okay. One that I probably unfairly discounted in college because uh, my teacher, I can't remember what class it was for, but she was like genuinely into the whole like, Wiccan thing. And like I'm like down with alternative lifestyles and whatever else people are into. Uh, but there is, I, I have the same kind of like duality with uh, people who are really into astrology. Like, in some level, I can get it aesthetically, but whenever I'm, like, face-to-face face face with somebody, I'm like, okay, great. Terrific.
1: <laughs> I definitely uh, get that with astrology. Yeah. Because uh, uh, when it, someone, like, like, I feel like whenever someone starts talking to me about astrology, I have a second, like, I'm hanging on being like, are you, are you fucking with me? <laughs> like, right, yeah, is this for
0: <laughs> I don't want to give in too much, because I don't know how, if they're completely into it, and then it, right. it takes too long to do, to do stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah uh you know, okay Haxons, so hexon uh black sunday which is very much a uh movie about uh the kind of witches who have pledged themselves oh, yeah. uh, to to satan um and uh oh man what a great movie uh i had another one based on that and now i can't remember what it was where i was going to go from there oh I could, I could stick with italy and go to a real schlocky movie that i happened to i think raro video put out a blu-ray a few years ago that i watched and reviewed uh and it's one of like you know mid-century like 60s 70s european horror movies all have like 18 titles for every different release but this at least the way it was released on blu-ray was released as revenge of the blood beast okay um and uh it's a delight it's a very nasty uh movie some of the deaths in it are, are very gruesome um uh, including the flashback to the initial drowning of the witch, the lake witch. I think I think lake witch or witch of the lake is one of the many titles uh, of the movie. But this uh, the medieval time, not medieval times like the restaurant, but the people in medieval times uh, drowned a witch in the lake, and now that witch still terrorizes this town, uh, including this this tourist uh, couple. And what the movie is most notable for is being uh, like blatantly anti-communist, and like the witch representing communism, uh, and literally. At one point like the witch is like carrying a bloody hammer and sickle wow <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're going for it yeah it's not subtle at all uh if yeah if you can stomach some of that sort of uh, uh again i think this is early 70s but that era of euro like horror trash nastiness and some of it could get really nasty um it's a fun it's a fun movie another one that i think is actually a really good movie but it's been so long since i've seen it again i can't remember if the word witch is actually used but the blood spattered bride which is actually a really cool movie um i mean it's a really cool title uh yeah <laughs> and again it's like a, it's a sort of a young uh couple who are uh, i think they i'm trying to think they move into his ex-wife's house or his ex-wife his his late wife is dead and then like or maybe, but she's a witch and she like possesses the younger uh, wife. I can't, it's one of those movies. I can't really remember what the plot is. It's not yeah, yeah. the point. I remember how cool the costume design and, and production design is and, and how nasty some of the stuff gets. And there's like a part where, uh, a woman like catches a knife with her hand and it like slices her palm, uh, oh, uh, open. Awesome. It's a very cool movie. Also, uh, the title of the movie is part of the inspiration for, uh, the bride in kill bill. Um, uh, uh, other than that oh, the movies sure. the two movies have nothing to do with another but Quinn, i saw it at the new beverly actually and quentin tarantino has said before that uh the bride is because the bride in kill bill is blood spattered uh numerous times throughout the movie uh but again other than that the movies bear no real resemblance Well,
0: you uh, oh sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead uh you mentioned communism made me think of a soviet witch movie uh called vi spelled v-i-y okay um, which I saw like on a total Lark at CineFamily back when it was okay to go there. Um, cause I had a membership at the time. And, uh, so I would just take a chance on any random movie.
1: Well, and my memory, maybe, maybe time has just condensed in and on itself. I feel like there wasn't that long that CineFamily was still open that it was, that we all knew. No, absolutely. It was like right. three days or something, but <laughs> yeah,
0: kind of in retrospect, anytime I reference CineFamily now, I feel like I have to make some apology for it. Um, yeah, it,
1: Anyway. Yeah, when we were talking about like scary kids movies i thought about um uh the peanut butter solution which i saw uh oh, sure. at at cine family which is a, a very strange fun movie but uh yeah, Cinema family yeah Here, and usually uh, I'll,
0: when i'm recalling things i saw there i'll just say i'll mention that uh, i'll say i saw it theatrically but in this case because it was something i knew nothing about i just wanted to mention that i went in knowing nothing and i did mm-hmm. it because there's no financial risk to me <laughs> um because the membership you could get into everything
1: oh free. right it's
0: great um, but anyway, uh, it's—I don't really remember the setup of it. It's kind of a convoluted way to get to it. But the bulk of the movie uh, involves a um, young man who's being forced, for some reason, to sit and kind of vigil over the body of a woman whom he knows was a witch, um, but which the, rest of the townspeople do not. And I guess, like, for whatever village tradition or whatever, somebody needs to sit and vigil. Uh, and indeed, like, multiple demonic forces come to claim claim the body over the next three days or also like claim his soul or something. Uh, I can't, again, I can't really remember the details of it, but it is unbelievably cool. Uh, just watching this kind of nightmare descend on this guy.
1: That's what year is it from? 67. Okay. Yeah. That sounds very cool. Um, well, uh, as long as we're into that sort of sixties, uh, era, I'm actually going to talk about a more recent movie, 60s, 70s era, but a more recent movie that intentionally recalls that era of filmmaking, and that's Anna Biller's uh, The Love Witch, which uh, listeners or readers of the website may remember made my top 10 list that year. Um, It's an absolutely gorgeous recreation of uh, a a very specific uh, age of of moviemaking. I remember the movie that was on the back half of the bill at New Beverly... um, with Blood Spidered Bride was a movie called Amok, which is not actually witch-based, it's just sort of like but it's sort of a cult and murdery but Love Witch feels like a movie like Amok, just like seventies the early seventies lavish uh lacy costume design and production design, um lots of sort of bubbling cauldrons and, and and bright colors. And uh uh I will say I know that I uh and Scott, you know especially when you're on the podcast, I like to play this character who doesn't care about seeing things on thirty five millimeter. But I will say I saw the Love Witch on a thirty five millimeter at like a press screening not knowing really anything about it. Right. Um, and it blew me away so much so that I went home and I was like to my wife, I was like, let me show you the trailer for this movie. It's so great. And you're going to love it. And I pulled the trailer and am watching it. And I'm like, this is not the movie that I saw. Like That's not the same. Yeah. So much of the, the pleasure of that movie was the tactility of, of the, uh, uh, and the texture of, of the 35 millimeter film from which it was projected. But, uh, did you see the love, Witch?
0: I did loved it? Uh, love that witch um yeah it, then the cool thing about that is that like for most of the movie you'll have a reason to think they're like it's just set in the 70s or whatever and then suddenly someone just takes out a cell phone and you're like oh yeah i guess it's been
1: 2015 this whole time yeah or like, i remember like the real estate agent just like pulls up in a car out in front of the yeah. house and it's like <laughs> a, yeah like a 2015 like ford focus or whatever um,
0: uh, well Going back to the 60s, we don't want to skip over probably the most famous witch movie, at least in cinephile circles, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. um, Which is a complete, like, in-league-with-Satan movie, uh, so much so that I think it kind of gets overshadowed as a witch movie.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, that's... uh, I realized that I forgot to put it on again. I, I really, really should have asked Natalie to chime in on, on this because she was really involved. And uh, she was the one who, who was like, don't forget Rosemary's Baby. And I was like, oh, right, of course. Uh, but yeah, because I think of it as a Satanist movie, I forget that all of them are witches. They even spell that out. Yeah.
0: Couldn't be clearer. Um, but yeah, that's, another, that's a really cool movie where every second you can tell that something is going on off screen. And it isn't until it's kind of got a similar structure to Chinatown. It's not surprising that they're both Polanski because you, mm-hmm. there's this whole other movie happening just off screen of it. And it, you don't, it's, as with Chinatown, you don't realize what that movie is until the very end of it.
1: Uh, now I want uh, to bounce back to a more recent movie that I think also like the love, which, uh, and it's from about the same year, maybe the year before or after that I think pulls on that, a lot of that 60s and 70s occult sort of uh, cinema fantastic euro horror type of um witch iconography but i don't think ever uses the word witches is a movie that i know you love and that i like quite a bit the neon demon
0: oh yeah i didn't even think about that in this context uh,
1: but yeah i mean there is again they don't call it witchcraft they don't refer to themselves as as witches but that's clearly that idea of like you know uh, so much of the witch story is about being obsessed with aging and staying uh, versus staying young. And, and these, you know, you mentioned, you call them hags or crones or whatever, like uh, they're, and this is a more sexist <laughs> uh, reading of, of what a witch is, but a lot of them are, they're jealous of the younger, right. you know, uh, Snow White um, and and the, and the seven dwarves or, or Snow White and the Huntsman I any mean, all the versions of Snow White um, uh, have uh have some of that as does uh, even hocus pocus you know a lot of their their goal is to uh, kidnap as many kids on halloween as they can and drain their life force so that they can stay young as as long as possible um so yeah the neon demon definitely again i don't think they say witches in the movie but that definitely seems to be pulling from that tradition
0: yeah another movie that kind of ties witchcraft in with a uh, familiar background There, it's kind of using the fashion industry but suspiria uses uh, the ballet company uh to form this kind of like covert coven of witches um i, I, I don't, i'm not down as down on the remake as a lot of people are i think it's totally fine but the original one from the 70s is, is pretty unbelievable and it's one of those movies i saw and i loved and then i just kind of forgot about it, but i saw it again theatrically a few years later and was reminded again just how unbelievably cool it is
1: Big confession, I never saw the Argento one. I did see the Luca Guadagnino oh. one and uh, and enjoyed it, but I don't have the frame of reference. You but would, I, did, I liked the remake a lot.
0: Yeah, you would definitely dig uh, the original. Yeah, the remake, if nothing else, and I wasn't sure about it for a long portion of it, but if nothing else, it has a pretty fantastic climax. Um, yeah, yeah. Full-born witchcraft horror, uh, just totally grotesque, uh, very much a could be a cover of a metal album <laughs> kind of horror. <laughs> um, and I've always been fond of it if, for that, if nothing else.
1: So let's, I, 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 I'm getting near the end of my list, but, um, and I have some of the things that I want to talk about, but one subcategory I want to talk about that I'm always kind of disappointed in, uh, or at least from a witchcraft st- standpoint, these are often movies that I do like, but where the witches are just generic villains, Okay. You know, or, or, I mean, I love, I love the Blair Witch Project. I think it's a great movie, but I feel like we don't get to know that witch. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: My big confession is I've never seen the Blair Witch Project.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it's really, really good. Um, sure. I would definitely recommend uh, seeing it. And then, uh, yeah, another movie, we mentioned Gretel and Hansel, but there's also Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, uh, yeah. in which they're, the, the witches are just fodder for, uh, for Jeremy Renner and, Gemma Arterton, is that right? Yeah, um, uh, so
0: yeah. As I was kill. making this list, I came across a lot like that, especially recently. It feels like, um, and for the most part, I just get discounted them because they're, the witchery of it all was so incidental. I mean, that's apparently the case with like uh, the Chronicles of Narnia stuff, um, okay, and even like some of the other fantasy remakes. I mean, you mentioned Snow White and the Huntsman, um, and there's one other I had in mind. I but I can't. But a lot of what you're talking about is just kind of like yeah, generic female villain needs to have some tie to magic, let's make her a witch.
1: Right. Wait, are you calling Charlize Theron and Snow White and the Huntsman generic? <laughs> uh, uh, the
0: structure of that villain is pretty generic. It's a fine performance.
1: And it's a great uh, use of visual effects, I think. Uh, per m- multiple great uses of visual effects in that movie.
0: Uh, you have a stronger emotional attachment to this movie than I do, and I do not remember whatever you're talking about. <laughs>
1: Uh, you remember all the, like, crows fly back into her bedroom and, like, sort of crash into the floor and pile, it looks like a pile of dead, like, soupy black crows. Oh, yeah, and then, that's pretty cool. Like, she f- forms out of the dead liquid crow bodies. It's very <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's a very cool, cool movie. Um, all right. Yeah. I bought a new, uh, now I got a new TV recently and I'm realizing that's a Blu-ray I should toss in on my, on my TV and, uh, uh enjoy in its, in its full, uh, visual <laughs> glory and splendor. Absolutely.
0: Um, I just realized kind of looking through my list, another kind of sub genre is, uh, the unknowing, uh, regular guy gets involved with and falls in love with a witch okay. uh, kind of romantic comedy version. Uh, I probably most famously with witched either the tv show or the 2005 movie um neither which are like i think terribly exceptional but are kind of a good baseline for this uh and then kind of somewhat more recently famous is just because criterion picked it up as i married a witch um which i haven't seen in forever but which kind of falls into the same kind of camp um and and all these kind of use uh the idea of a witch to just kind of have this awesome woman who this guy feels completely (laughs) incapable of keeping up with. I actually think the best version of the, the genre is bell book and candle, um, in which, uh, what's her face? Uh, Kim Novak plays the witch. Um, and I'm not like a huge Kim Novak fan, but she is super awesome in this movie and totally like, uh, compelling and beguiling and strange. And uh, James Stewart kind of plays the hapless guy who gets involved with her. And to kind of shame James Stewart in kind of the prime of his career, where he couldn't have been a more formidable leading man, uh, but here he just feels like everybody's as helpless as he did in the 30s. Um, everybody kind of is out of his depth against Kim Novak, and it's really kind of a cool dynamic.
1: Yeah, I need to see. Uh, I need to see t- those older movies. All my, uh, all my stuff is like almost all my stuff is within my lifetime, especially the stuff that I have left to talk about. Um, when we were talking about Disney, we, I, I intentionally, I don't I meant to ask you, did you see Escape, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain? Yeah. I did as a kid, but I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Dumb, so, haven't okay. seen Haven't seen the late sequel. Oh, with. Um, the rock The rock yeah no i I forgot that existed you said it um but also in disney uh uh, disney which is brave uh is a movie that i uh that i liked but uh yeah she goes to a witch and uh accidentally turns her mother into a bear there's
0: another one where i remember the arc of the movie but i'm like ah Someone turns her
1: into a bear. I forgot it was a witch. <laughs> yeah, it's a witch. Um, I'll mention, just because I should have thrown this in there when we were talking about Rosemary's Baby, but Hereditary is a uh, oh, yeah. kind of a... Uh, I, I, I don't that. know. I, I, I'd never... Midsummer's so much better. I never really got the uh, freak-out appeal over Hereditary. It has some pretty intense scares, but I just think... By the time I get to the end, I'm like, what did I just do with the last ten, two hours and ten minutes of my life? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, Especially that ending when it when it gets more Rosemary's Baby-ish. Uh, uh, I'm just like, come on, I've seen this.
0: Yeah, her there is interesting because uh, the ending, or kind of the general climax, is pretty cool, I think, um, where it builds up the tension so much, and every second you're like, sure, it's going to come to a peak any moment, but it lasts for like ten minutes or something. Uh, but at the same time, by the ending, it's so far abandoned the central struggle between the son mm. and his mother that it, it stops mattering.
1: And I think, again, Midsummer is better, but I think Midsummer and Hereditary, and I've said this on the podcast before, both have the same, I guess, structural problem with me, where the things that happen at the beginning of the movie are so horrifying and upsetting to me that I never like. Everything else that happens is like, well, at least it's not the thing that happened. They're like, now we're getting into like cult stuff and witchcraft stuff yeah, or whatever, yeah. but the real world, terrible, terrible thing that happened at the beginning of the movie is still the worst thing that happens in the entire movie. I, I feel that way in both cases.
0: I actually uh, think that's a bigger liability for Midsummer, even though I also like the movie more.
1: Uh, and then the one, I I, I didn't intentionally save it uh, for last, but it's a, a, a personal favorite for me that is... Led me to internal sort of philosophical struggles about what it means to for a movie to be a good movie. If you enjoy watching a movie, is it then just a good movie? Um, okay. Because I don't, I I'm not fully on board with the like I'm enjoying this movie because of how bad it is thing. Okay. I love Teen Witch. I love watching Teen Witch. It makes me laugh throughout. I don't know how much of that is intentional or not, but I also feel like my love for Teen Witch is not ironic. I love this movie. But does that mean it, that I think it's a good movie? I I, I struggle with this. But uh, Teen Witch is still just such a delightful movie, and so much better than Teen Wolf, which it's a uh, like it was. That's what the like, that's the reason it exists. It was like oh Teen Wolf's a hit, let's right. make a let's make a version for girls, and it's so much better than Teen Wolf, uh, which is a really really dumb and sometimes uh, mean spirited movie.
0: Uh, I have never seen Teen Witch, uh, and I could, but I could talk about the general thing you mentioned uh, for an entire episode if you ever wanted to do it. But uh, I guess just to in brief, my idea is that if you did enjoy it and you do genuinely love it, then it's kind of like what we, you guys have talked about before with like artist intent. Like at a certain point, the artist stops mattering once the thing comes out, and it just is what it is. Right. And they must have been tapping into something either consciously or unconsciously that speaks to you in some way. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you what you think, but I would say that you probably just generally think this is a good movie.
1: Good. Good. I'm glad Uh, that's, that's where I tend to tend to fall to. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I've gotten to all, most of the big ones on my list. What else, uh, uh, anything on your list that you wanted to get to before we wrapped up?
0: Yeah, nothing major. Just want to mention a few in brief, uh, just kind of Macbeth in general, uh, the plot of which is initiated by a group of witches. Uh, which is always, I've always found interesting. It's not like right. a super supernatural movie in most regards, but it does kick off with the small coven of witches casting a spell.
1: Yeah, and in, um, uh, did you ever see Scotland PA? Uh, like in high school. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I can't remember, it's, um, I think it's, is it like, Andy Dick is one of the witches. Yeah, I remember that. And Amy Smart maybe?
0: Could be, I didn't know who she was then, so I couldn't say.
1: And I can't remember who the third one, uh, third one is, but yeah, I wish I'd thought of that.
0: Yeah. Um, and then what else do we got here? Oh, another movie that I don't remember that well, but it's called Witchfinder General. Uh, I think there's some witches involved in the movie, kicks ass. So I thought I should mention it.
1: That's a Vincent Price uh, yeah. movie? Yeah. Uh, it's
0: probably his, I mean, if you want to speak like purely dramatically, it's probably his best performance. Uh, whether or not his comedic performance is top, it could be argued um i also ha- just happened to watch season of the witch the george romero movie very recently okay um and that's one where the whether or not there's something supernatural happening is constantly in question it could just be that she's just kind of losing her mind but it's about a suburban woman who kind of gets into witchcraft and it could be working or she could be losing her mind um and it's a super cool movie um another one that i know you've seen and which i also can't remember the extent of the witchery in it uh, the witch who came from the sea
1: Oh yeah. Um, uh, it's not, she's not really a witch. She's just a, like a murderer. Who's That's been, what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't
0: remember the details there. Um, but, 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 uh, well we mentioned the juniper tree at the top without really kind of talking about it. And I just want to point that out as a super cool movie. And one of those that like the supernatural element and the witchcraft of it all, gets into it not slowly but kind of so naturally that you don't even question it by the time it starts becoming a factor in the film and it really puts you in the headspace of like being absorbed by and attracted to uh kind of the dark arts as it were um and it's a short movie too it's like 80 minutes or something and beautifully shot it and i think it's on canopy these days so it's really easy to see and that actually is my entire list
1: all right. Um, the other one, I feel like we could do a whole other, uh, uh, I don't know if we could be, uh, get as many examples, but there's a whole other category of like voodoo priestess. That's also oh, like, it,
0: it's, yeah, I saw it just last night, um, oh, Okay. <laughs> which I meant to mention. Uh, that's why it's not on my list. I didn't update my list. Uh, Eve's Bayou though. Uh, okay. A great voodoo priestess movie. Um, about a young girl who announces at the top of the film that uh she was 10 years old and she killed her father and the rest of the film kind of proceeds to show how she maybe does that depending on the extent to which the uh voodoo witchcraft of it all is actually happening and that's another one where it's kind of up in the air you get the impression that it's probably happening but you that doesn't necessarily make her directly responsible but it kind of exists in this cool supernatural gray
1: area um and the reason the only reason it came to my mind is when you when you said that uh, ursula is a sea witch i i had to google i was like is tia dalma the character played by naomi harris in the pirates movies is she a sea witch but she's not really she kind of has a voodoo, priest descent, voodoo kind priestess kind of like yeah but then she turns out to act to be an actual goddess yeah um, for sure. Uh, um,
0: one of my yeah. favorite stories to tell about movie going is uh the
1: third pirates movie, I, movie. i know <laughs> i have heard you tell the story before
0: Uh, I'm sure many listeners have seen me mention on Twitter or something, but I still enjoy telling it. Uh, So the third movie came out uh, one summer when I was working uh, as a stock boy at Nordstrom. So I was waking up at like 4 a.m. And for some reason, I decided to go see an 8 o'clock night showing of a three-hour movie. Like, that's going to work out. Uh, So sure enough, I fell asleep. And like, I nod off a lot in movies. I rarely completely fall asleep, but I was gone for this. And then I woke up to a gigantic Naomi Harris terrorizing two... (laughs) boats in the midst of a gigantic storm and I was like clearly a great deal has transpired in the space between my blinks Uh, I did later catch up with it many times over and I absolutely love those movies
1: Yeah, that's another uh, uh, opinion that you and I share Uh, we might might not see eye to eye on Snow White and the Huntsman uh, or or other stuff but um, as defenders of uh, Pirates 2 and 3 we are in cahoots for sure uh, all right. Well, um, thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, happy Halloween. Um, and to you. you can find us at battleshippretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshippretention.com. Uh, I'll let Scott talk uh, uh, in a little bit. I'm on Twitter at davy pretension. Uh, this week on the website, I reviewed, uh, i trying to think, I reviewed Martin Eden and uh, I reviewed Shithouse and I reviewed the new Spike Lee joint. David Burns, American Utopia. All of those reviews are up and available at uh right now. Uh, Scott, where can people find you uh, should you want them to?
0: <laughs> on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow uh, and should be a few, at least a few reviews by now from AFI on Battleship Pretension and then at Criterion Cast uh, Spirit of the Season, we talked about The War Room, uh, the documentary. I don't think the episode is posted yet as of this recording, but it should be soon.
1: Okay, well, uh, thanks again, Scott. Thank you, home, for listening, and happy Halloween. Woo!
0: We'll get to you next time. Bye. Bye.